What is going on? Welcome into the Sharp Angle Podcast. Thanks for joining us on NBA Thursday. It is Thursday the 28th. We are wrapping things up in January. Almost one twelfth done with uh, 2021. It just goes, I'm telling you. Alright, on today's show, it is, like I said, NBA Thursday. Uh, We'll talk about some news, what's been going on in the NBA last couple of weeks. And then uh, take a look at some futures markets. Uh, I, I like a couple divisional champions that, that's out right now. And we can find some value at this point in the season. Because, you know, all these teams have played uh, about, and I don't know, in between 18 and 21 games. You know, on average, about 20 games or so per NBA team. So we're starting to get a good idea of where these teams will finish. Keep in mind... The NBA is playing a 72-game season, so there are 10 fewer games than normal, but we can still get a rough idea of what these divisions and conferences are going to look like. And right now, when you're getting some teams who are performing how we would expect them to perform, or at least equal to how we are expecting the end of the season to look, then... You know, that's that's one thing. That's normal. That's that's expectation. But there are a lot of teams right now who either aren't playing up to expectation, have been hurt, have had players affected by COVID. So we're getting some value simply based on teams who have underperformed early in the year and they don't have as good of records as they will at the end of the year, at least winning percentage and uh, related to other teams and their division. But we'll get there. Let's start off with some NBA news. News. We got news. Uh, Recent NBA news last week. Uh, The NBA will be adjusting their schedule moving forward to avoid any, uh, quote, log jams. So the NBA looking to uh, make sure they have more than enough time if COVID issues come up, if there's any big hurdles, if there's another huge wave of, of infections, things like that. The NBA doesn't want to be stuck in a position where they can't do anything. And right now, they've had to cancel games, move some games, postpone some games. And it's been happening recently. You know, They've only had one positive since January 20th in the NBA. But still, there's been a lot of contact tracing and different things that you could be worried about. So... Uh, the NBA the NBA will be adjusting their schedule to uh, open up a little bit here in the second half of the season so they can fit more games in and adjust more if they need to. Uh, the G League, raise your hand. You got any G League fans out there? Who likes betting on the G League? <laughs> can you? Can you bet on the G League? I should know this. I don't off the top of my head. But uh, the G League will play in a month long league starting February 10th and they'll play in a bubble. So they're going to go down to Orlando Disneyland or Disney world and uh, play a little G league basketball in Disney world. Maybe we'll see Mickey mouse on TV. Um, Speaking of that, it's interesting. I was reading an article on ESPN about the NBA traveling this year. And it's something that when we're handicapping NBA games, we have to keep this in mind that the NBA season is a little bit different this year. And when you look at evaluating teams on the road, there have to be things that we adjust. Even if it's a slight adjustment, we've got to know how the NBA's changed this year, their protocol on the road and how the players are responding. And a lot of the players actually you know, they don't love it. They understand it. Clearly, we're still in a pandemic. Clearly, we're still on lockdown, all this stuff. But the players don't love it because what happens is it the uh, the quote here in the article says it's like a bubble within a bubble. 
And again, this article on ESPN Plus, it taught, first of all, God, I, don't, don't you hate when the article, just, just give me the information. I click on the article because I want to hear about the, the travel in the NBA and it starts off, on a December morning in 2005, the Miami Heat boarded the team bus. It's like, tell that story. Come on. Every story, every piece of information these days, you got to go through some whole, some whole journey of how we got here and rewind seven years and tell this whole story. It's the same thing. Like, have you ever looked at a recipe recently online? It's like, uh, you know, how do you make whatever fried chicken at home or something? And you pull up a recipe. It's like, it was a warm summer evening when I decided I was going to try my hand at some, you know, whatever. Just like get to, you know, scroll, scroll, scroll. Okay, finally the, the goddamn recipe. But anyway, I, I get a little worked up about these things. It's like I want to read about these players in the bubble on a December morning back in 2005. It's like, you know what? Just just get to the goddamn story. Um, either way, yeah, got, got a little hot right there. Got a little worked up right there. Um, it's interesting because players say that traveling this year is very unique, obviously, than, than any other season. So they're getting tested on a... Uh, it's multiple times a week. I don't think it's every single day, but several times a week they're getting tested. And so what will happen is the team, staff, coaches all get tested, and then they'll pretty much bubble up together, okay? This is for road trips. Then they travel to the plane on a bus together. Okay, again, still bubbled up. They are the only ones who get in the plane. The plane's been disinfected. Okay, so they're still in the bubble within the plane. And then they go directly to the hotel on a team bus. So they never leave. They never go anywhere. They never go out. Again, they say it's like a bubble within a bubble. They're confined on the road. And I think the NBA's done a really good job because it's saying something. There aren't a lot of these positive tests that, you know, really can slow things down. And so the NBA's done a great job, and it's because of these protocols, because of these rules that are in place, but that does mean something. So how do we evaluate road teams? I think sometimes it's not going to make much of a difference, at least a uh, a difference to make uh, an adjustment in the, in the rankings or in the final output of the line. But in some instances, it will, you know. Uh, places that are usually tougher to travel to. I think of hockey, uh, Winnipeg. You know, Winnipeg's always been notoriously tough to travel to. But now you go to Winnipeg, it's pretty much like every other city. So the whole down, the, all the negatives of you can't go out, can't get food, can't do anything, that doesn't matter anymore because you're not going out anyway. Um, and then you look at the NBA, you know, uh, certain cities like Miami or Houston. There's a lot of players who, some players who enjoy hitting the strip clubs, going out sometimes. <laughs> James Harden, <laughs> you know, and when you can't do that these days, players like James Harden will be able to focus more, you know. So I think, if anything, it's a slight upgrade for road teams, but be careful when evaluating it when you're handicapping because it has to be situation by situation. If there's some external factors in a given city, if there's a great nightlife, if it's if it's fun to go out, if you know Miami, these these sort of uh, of cities. And these players are in their hotels. All, all they can think about is basketball, right? So, uh, you know, that's just that, that, that's one slight factor. It's important to remember when looking at road teams, that is a difference this year, and that does mean something. Uh, and then the last piece of news here, it looks like the All-Star game will be moved from February to March. The uh, 
All-Star Game was supposed to be played in Indianapolis again in February, but it was canceled due to the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. But according to an ESPN article, there are ongoing talks with the league and union about a March 7th game in Atlanta. Right now, they're looking at a couple players who are supposed to uh, feature in that game. And it's it's all the you know familiar faces, familiar names, things like that. But my one question is, is Luka Doncic, uh, Doncic going to make it this year? You know, he's shooting like 23, 24% from behind the arc, and he's still almost averaging a triple-double. You know, so on his standards, he's having a very, very down year. Still almost a triple-double, though. That says how good Luka Doncic is, but... Uh, I think Dallas figures things out and, and and he ends up making the All-Star game. But he was in the article, in this ESPN article, you know, highlighting players. Actually, I think it was an NBA.com article highlighting the players who were likely to make the game. Again, most of the familiar faces that you're going to get year after year and Luka should end up uh, getting in there. All right, let's move on to some NBA futures. Before we do that, special thanks to Better Edge online, B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com. If you guys want a new place to start making your sports bets, I highly recommend Better Edge. And the reason is that everybody out there, whether you're a professional, been doing this for 20 years, or whether you just started yesterday, everyone listening can start making more money by betting at betteredge.com today. Here's how. They don't use a VIG. There are no VIGs in these lines. You're essentially trading sports bets like stocks are traded. And Better Edge acts as sort of an exchange, an online exchange. And the best part, again, is you can bet every bet with no VIG. We always talk about on this show that if you could just bet 50-50 all the time and, and, and bet no VIG, you know, betting is fun. And what, will, what that would allow you to do if you could bet no VIG is play risk-free. Because honestly, statistically speaking, over the course of 150 years, 250 years, over the course of time, if you're betting without a VIG, you're not risking any anything long-term. Your expected outcome over the long-term is 50-50, is $0. And that's for the worst gamblers out there. So if you can find a way to bet no VIG, you should do it. And we now have that opportunity. It's so exciting. You know, I, I believe they're the first of their kind in the United States. This, this, this whole idea is really popular in Europe. And, and I tell all my buddies who I bet with and work with, and, and every one of them has the same response. Wait a minute. Seriously? What's the catch? You can bet no VIG? What's the catch? Folks, there is no catch, okay? Don't worry about how they're making their money. They will make their money. They'll be just fine. Worry about you making your bets. Every single bet you make, you can save money. So uh, check them out online, betteredge.com. That's B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com. And it's a lot easier to use on the phone than it is the computer. And what they'll actually do is is on the phone, it'll give you the the prompt to create a, a little widget on your home screen. So it pretty much acts like a web app. They don't have an app on the app store, but if you go to betteredge.com on your phone, it'll be easy. You can just download it right to your home screen and it'll be pretty much like an app. Um, the signup's easy. You know, you've got to send a picture of your ID and verify your information because Better Edge is legal in a lot of states where sports betting isn't legal. So if you want to start making more money today, check out Better Edge online, B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com. Put in promo code SHARP for a free $10. Promo code SHARP when you're signing up for a free $10 in your account. That's betteredge.com. All right, let's get on to some futures, some NBA futures. 
Um, there's a couple games that I, or a couple of futures bets that I do like, and I want to talk about what the futures market looks like right now in general. So let's pull up these bets, the futures bets. All right, let's start off with a couple games that are the, I got to quit saying games, a couple picks, a couple futures that I do actually like right now and think we've got a little bit of value. Now, before we get into this, keep in mind, betting futures is not necessarily like betting games. Now, that's obvious because you're betting a very long outcome compared to a very short outcome. That's that's clear. We know that. But it's not, you want to approach it the same way in terms of if a futures bet is priced at minus 150 and we think it should be minus 175, it's the same approach as a single game. We have our same value. It's the same percentage value. That's all the same. But what changes is the time value of money. What could you have done with this money you're spending in the futures bets now that it's tied up in a bet? For a lot of us, these future bets are part of our bankroll. We anticipate them to happen, and that's okay. But for most of us, I'd say, that's not how this works. A lot of us, if we bet a futures bet, we're putting 50, 100 bucks down and then just kind of, you know waiting to see what happens for the rest of the season. Maybe you don't have a huge bankroll. Maybe that $100 would have, maybe you're replacing a couple weeks of betting with that $100 on the futures bet. So think about if you're a better who bets 20 bucks a game, which a lot of you guys out there are, I understand, and you bet $20 on a futures bet, think about what you could have done with that 20 throughout the throughout the entire season, you know? So you that's how you have to think about it. What is your net expected outcome? Now for most betters, the expected outcome is you're going to slowly lose it, right? Of course, unless you're betting with betteredge.com, then you won't. But if you're betting on a normal sports book, your expected outcome is you're going to slowly lose that money. So, I just wanted to make that clear that futures, that's the one thing that doesn't get talked about enough is the time value of money with these futures bets. And a lot of the time, it's just not worth it to make, let's say, a one-unit bet throughout the entire course of the season. If you have to wait all that time, you've got you know your money tied up. It's just not worth it. So, um, but in some cases, it is. If you've got the bankroll, if you if you've planned ahead for it, if you think you've got a lot of value, you want to make futures bets. And the last thing here is that futures bets, if you get them correct, at least portionally correct, or a portion of these bets correct you can hedge off later in the process. You know, um, If you had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win the Super Bowl, which a lot of people did when they were 7-5 and five after week 12 or 13, and I said week 13 because the bye week, but when Tampa Bay was 7-5, and five, a lot of people bought in on the Buccaneers, you know, and a lot of people have tickets for 20-1, 25-1 for Tampa. Well, what you can now do is buy the other side, bet on Kansas City, try and hedge off, try and guarantee you make a little money in this situation. So that's what futures allow you to do. It gives you leeway to try and guarantee profit at some point in the season. All right, so let's get to the futures I do like. Uh, They're both in the Eastern Conference and both division bets. Bet number one is the Southeast Division, the Miami Heat, Atlanta Hawks, Orlando Magic, Washington, and Charlotte. Miami is currently minus 150, the favorite to win the Southeast. Atlanta is the second favorite at plus 300. And I think we're getting some real major value here for a couple reasons. First of all, if you look at Miami, they have been probably the single most underperforming team in 2021. And on top of that, they've been injured. And on top of that, they've had guys out due to COVID contact tracing. 
Their point guard, Goran Dragic, has been out for a lot of the season. He's missed probably half their games. Jimmy Butler hasn't played in a week and a half due to COVID contact tracing. Bam Adebayo has been out for a couple games. Miami is not playing anything close to what Miami could be and should be playing in terms of the level of basketball. Do I think they'll get there? Absolutely, I do. It's just early in the season, small sample size, not a lot of data to work off of. The fact that Miami is currently 6-11 and in fourth place in the Southeast gives us a lot of value here. Minus 150, Miami's current price, implies an even 60%, okay? So if you think Miami's going to win 61% of the time, their division, this is a profitable bet. You have a small edge. I have my number closer to minus 190, minus 200. I believe Miami wins the division close to 66% of the time. So I believe, based on early season results, Miami drastically underperforming, they're going to get healthier. And when they do, they're going to be one of the most talented teams in the East, and they have one of the more one of the best coaching staffs in the East. Okay, I'm not talking about the Southeast, I'm talking about the Eastern Conference in general. So for this slow start, Miami will bounce back. You know, they, they, these young guys, Tyler Hero, these young guys who, who came alive last year in the playoffs, they started horribly. I play in a fantasy basketball league, and one of my buddies drafted both the young uh, uh, shooters from Miami, and through the first couple weeks of the season, he's like, should I trade them? Should I have? You know, it, it, they, they got off to a horrible start. So Miami will bounce back. Miami will eventually play the type of basketball that they should be playing, and I think they do it you know, a lot sooner than they do later. Jimmy Butler conditioning, getting ready to come back this week. Goran Dragic, as long as he can stay healthy now, I know he had an ankle issue. Uh, as long as he can stay healthy, Miami will make a run. And here's the teams ahead of, again, do they have to compete with? Charlotte, Washington, don't even, that's, that's not no contest, okay? The two teams who may be able to keep up, Atlanta, Atlanta and Orlando, I don't think Orlando's deep enough. Orlando had got, a, had got off to a great start to the season. What were they? Something like seven and three. I remember when I did my show, the NBA show, the first or second week in, I was like, Orlando, surprise team. They're doing great. Yeah, they're three and seven their last 10 games. Oh, whoops. That didn't last very long. So, oh, excuse me. Orlando's, Orlando is two and eight their last 10 games. Okay, they're not going to be there at the end of the year. This is a two-horse race between Atlanta and Miami. And if you really think that young Atlanta roster and Trey Young can outduel Miami up only two and a half games right now. Miami's 6-11. and 11, They're only down two and a half games. I see value at this bet, taking everything into account. I think that Miami minus 150 right now is some pretty good value to win the Southeast Division. All right, and then my second future bet that I do like uh, goes to, again, the Atlantic Division in the Eastern Conference. And I'm going to lean slightly with the favorite. I know it's not always profitable to look favorites in futures markets, but I do like both favorites in this scenario. Now, the Brooklyn Nets are the favorite at minus 125. The next team, Philadelphia, is plus 225. And then the third team is Boston Celtics plus 400. Looking at the current standings, uh, Philadelphia is in first place by one and a half games. Then Brooklyn's in second, followed by Boston in third. Boston sits at uh, two games back. So right now, all within two games of one another, how do we see this thing playing out? I believe 
that if you're going to take Philadelphia in any futures bet, you are rolling the dice. Because one thing we've learned from the 76ers the last couple years is you can't trust anybody to be on the floor. Any of their superstars, any of their role players, even their coaches. It's like, they may be there, they may not. They may show up, they may not. And they do play inconsistently come playoffs and the end of the season. You know, crunch time. They're great during the regular season when they're playing. But I have a lot of question marks about Philadelphia. You know, Joel Embiid's already missing time this year. Uh, I think he missed seven out of their last 10. No, it's seven out of their last 11 games he's missed, you know? So I think that right now, Philadelphia in second right now in terms of the, this bet at plus 225, that's just not a great bet. That to me seems accurate for what we see right now. And there's a lot of variables that could impact Philadelphia. Let's talk about Boston Celtics. Do Boston have what it takes to keep up with Brooklyn this year? And I simply think that, look, I think Boston may be the first or second team in the league in terms of good young talent, but I don't think they're there yet where they can compete with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, James Harden, <laughs> you know, in the playoffs or or in the, uh, you know, at the end of the season. And this isn't a playoff bet. This is a regular season bet. So let's keep that in mind. But these teams are going to play each other a lot. And right now, Brooklyn, who, by the way, has a half game lead or half game edge on Boston, will only get better. Boston's playing with a full deck right now. I mean, Boston is probably a better team than a 58.8 win percentage, which is what they have right now. But Brooklyn's a better team than a 60% win percentage. So given these three teams, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, Boston, I'm taking Philly out because they're unreliable. Now that it's between Brooklyn, Boston, you may think Boston plus 400, that's value. But just because a team is a lower price and a higher payout doesn't necessarily mean value. If I think Brooklyn and we think Brooklyn can win this division around 60% of the time, which I certainly think is the case factoring in Philadelphia's variables, this is a good bet to make. Boston's a young, exciting team. They are tough to bet against in this kind of a in this kind of a bet, but sometimes the easiest bets aren't the the ones you want to make. You do have to question, you do have to look at all these scenarios. I think Philadelphia right now, minus excuse me, Brooklyn right now, minus 125 offers us a decent amount of value to where it's not a bad futures bet. And a lot of ways Brooklyn can win the Atlantic division, not a lot of ways they can lose it. And you look at the, the, these guys playing, besides Kyrie Irving, you know, I know Kevin Durant had his injury he dealt with. He was out for a year. Besides that, Kevin Durant plays. Now, Kevin Durant's not a huge load management type of player, taking days off. James Harden, he's going to play a lot. You know, I mean, this is not the Houston James Harden. I think he also feels an obligation to show up every night and, and, and play. And plus, what we talked about at the beginning of the show, there's no distractions. James Harden can't go out to a strip club on, on, uh, at 2 a.m. on the road. So these are good things for the, for the Brooklyn Nets. I think that they get it together. I currently have them, I think, second or third in my power rankings. And um, yeah, good things coming for Brooklyn this year. So I like a minus 125. All right, that does it for today's podcast. Thanks so much for listening. And uh, whatever you guys have going on today, we got some... Well, there's a lot going on today. We got uh, college basketball, NBA, got some soccer, some hockey, whatever you've got. Good luck. We'll talk to you tomorrow on The Sharp Angle.